The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, Alberta's craft brewing and distilling industries have been experiencing a boom at a time really when the province's economy hasn't been doing so well. According to Alberta Gaming Liquor and Cannabis, the number of breweries in the province has shot up to 123 from 27 between October 2015 and January 2020. That's a fourfold increase and the number of distillers in the province has gone up by more than 5 has gone up more than 5 times over than what it was 4 years ago from 7 to 39. Uh, Hanson Distillery was one of Edmonton's first distilleries opening in 2016. That's correct, yep. 2016. Uh, so a first there, but also has a first next week, which we're going to get to in a second. And High Water Honey and Mead is just getting started. I'm thrilled to have uh, Chris Stresick from Hanson and Will Muncie from High Water Honey and Mead in studio. Will, Chris, welcome to Thanks, 630 Jaylen. Chad. Thank you, Jalen. Get in there close to that microphone. Closer, closer. Chris, uh, I want to start with you because uh, you've been doing this now for, for a while. Um, you've been on this show before. The, the Hanson legacy the fa- goes way back to your, to your wife's side of the family being moonshiners way back when. You sunk, your family sunk all of your cash into this distillery three years later. Um, it seems like everything is going incredibly well for you guys. What has the the past three years been like? Uh, it's been it's been tough. It's not been an easy go. Okay. Um, it was hard with regulations and getting going. Um, taxes are the big thing for us right now. Mm. We wish we could pay less taxes. Obviously, everybody wishes they could pay less taxes, <laughs> but um, taxes are a big big thing for us right now. And so those uh, those regulations. So when you first started, and and some changes were, have been have happened over the past number of years. How did that free up things for you? Uh, it loosened up so that craft guys didn't have to produce as much. So we don't have to physically produce as much alcohol as the big guys, mm-hmm. so that we could keep going now. So you can keep on going. So Will, um, y- Will, y- you work for CN on a on a full time basis. I, I took a day off. So if I was <laughs> if I had a book tick and been on the radio. <laughs> I would have been in trouble, so I, I took a real day off. For you. Um, and and we've met because you because you also, you're also an owner and operator at New Sarepta Gardens and introduced me some beautiful flowers yes. last year as well. But and and last <laughs> year you decided to get into beekeeping. Well, actually, I've been beekeeping for about five years. Okay, I got bigger last. You got year. bigger yeah. last year, and it really became a bit of a. It was almost like a, a crowd funding thing, wasn't it? It worked really well, I have to tell you, yeah. So what ended up happening, he said, you know what, I want to build this a little bit more, and so I think it was $100. was $100. $100, and you could uh, get your own Hive box. Hive box. Put your own name on it, and then you end up getting the honey at the end of it. And it was a brilliant idea, and it grew and grew and grew. Right. And along the way, you've decided that you wanted to start a meadery. Well, actually, I've been (laughs) making, you know, when I started as an amateur beekeeper a number of years ago, I had all this extra honey, and I'd heard of mead, and I thought I would make some. This is about four years ago, and uh, one of the, maybe the biggest disaster of my life is my first batch was really, really good, and I thought, this is easy, (laughs) but it turns out it's not. It's not. So I have been struggling for years now to reproduce those first meads, and I still think it's worth it. I think mead is is an amazing product. It's an Alberta product. I add my berries to it. Um... I think it's wide open. It, 
But I d- have not yet had the hardship that Chris has had because I'm still all dreams and yeah and wonder. So you know, you just heard him talk about you know that first batch and it gets you going. You think, hey, I can do this. It's not gonna. It's it's gonna be easy. Uh, and then you learn that it not it's not necessarily. There's a few battles to go to go about with it. Yeah, I still remember making moonshine in my garage and and the idea of let's let's do this for a living popped into into our minds from Grandma. And here we are. So from the time that it popped into your mind, and you had those old recipes from from Grandma, right? Yep, yep. From the time it popped into your mind to the time that you put out your first bottles, how long was that? Yeah, about a year. That was it? Yeah, about a year. That was it. Oh, my goodness. We fast-tracked through the AGLC. They, when we started up, they started helping us because we were one of the well, we were the seventh distillery in all of Alberta, actually, yeah. when we started. So they kind of helped us along the way kind of guide us the way what we were supposed to be doing. When it comes to rules and regulations for, for the distilleries, um, what what are some of the, the, the main things that you have to follow? What do you have to do as a as a local distillery? Um, are there a certain number of bottles that you have to put out? You know, that sort of thing? No, there's not a there's not a minimum for us. There's a maximum that we can do. So obviously absolutely that. Uh, quality. Um, what we can use for grains and products yeah. are different different regulations on that. And you have been putting out a number of different um, spir- uh, spirits yep. um, since it started. So we have the, the vodka. You have the Barnal vodka, right? Yep. Um, we have a couple of... Gins. Gins. Yeah. And then there was uh, a clear whiskey. Yeah, that was our base that we had, that we barreled three years ago. There's the Ring of Fire. <laughs> Ring of Fire, yeah, my cinnamon whiskey. The uh, cinnamon whiskey. We do a couple cream liqueurs, so our Purple yes. Cow and our Morning Glory, which I call the Bailey's Killer. And yeah, and you know what, and really, those ones really popular, aren't those they? Those are really, really popular with us, yeah. So that's a rye base and a vodka base for a cream liqueur. How did you learn how to do this? In my garage. <laughs> really, I did. I went to school a couple times. I've taken a couple courses on distilling, um, but really is all trial and error. And then as we grew the distillery, I've made mistakes along the way, and I've grown it to be bigger and bigger. And So when you make a mistake on that, uh, you know, what what does that look like? I mean, to me, I, I, I've been into um, a Hanson Distillery, and I, I think of that, the big distilling pots, and I think if you make a mistake with, all, with everything in there, you're flushing a lot down the drain. Uh, it goes to the pigs. So goes, we, to the pigs. goes to the pigs. So yeah, we've <laughs> if we have a bad mash, it'll go to the pigs. We'll feed the pigs with it. Um, if you have a bad alcohol, the nice thing is we can always redistill it okay. and take the alcohol back out of it. So that's one thing. We're a mead; you can't do that. No. So will yeah. What um, what's your learning curve been like on this? Uh, well, I was really lucky enough to meet uh, Jeff Stewart from Rig Hand Distillery, and just uh, f- through friends, he just offered me a space to start making mead and uh i've started and we produced our first bottles last fall and by the end of april we'll be producing about 300 a month um the learning curve is so steep because i started with friends and recipes off the internet and youtube and and nothing really works i mean it's nice but it's not something you want to sell uh, but I went to mead school in California. Did you? And okay. I tasted some of the best meads in the world being produced today. And America is a hotbed of, of meads right now. 
and I know what to shoot for. And now I have acquaintanceship with those guys, and they, they give me some tips. They'll never give recipes away, but they will give <laughs> tips. So the meat is getting better and better, and it's a higher quality. But in my case, uh, I have, because he has a higher alcohol content, so his alcohol content will kill some bacteria. Mine won't. So I have had entire batches where I have uh, some bacteria in it, and I know maybe six weeks, eight weeks in, that this is not going to get better. And, and it a uh, very emotional thing for me to dump um, 15 gallons of meat out because that's that's 60 pounds of honey. Oh my and gosh. I got stung for that, and those bees made that, <laughs> and so I don't want to make mistakes. So very, very careful with hygiene. What are the, one of the things that I, that I like in the, when, I've, when I've been reading about uh, this, the distilleries in this, in this province is, yeah, I think there's a healthy competition. You're all kind of doing your own thing, coming up with your own thing. Um, but but there's there's a there's a friendship almost working together. Is that fair to say, Chris? Absolutely. Yeah, we all try to help each other out. I talked to Jeff from Rigan today just for a couple questions I had to ask him. So it's always a, a give and take relationship between everybody else. So there is it's healthy. It's healthy. Yeah. It's growing the industry. We're just taking a little bit from the big guys. All we're doing. And Rigan for you as well. I mean that's where uh, you're selling say, your product. Now. I can't say enough about what they did. <laughs> they they don't charge me rent. Uh, they help me dance through the hoops. In fact. They danced through some of the hoops for me. Um, and, uh, like, I just, the whole idea of the colleague uh, thing, everybody is working with everybody else. They have their own brewer there, uh, yeah. high, high Country Beer Brewery, and he's making fantastic beer. And it's all... Uh, a community here, and I'm overwhelmed by it. Actually, will are, are there are there different rules that you have to follow uh, making mead than Chris would have to do making whiskey? Yes, like in order to be a meadery, you have to have your own fifty beehives. Okay, I have to. So you can't just decide you're going to buy some honey and get a building and a fermenter and make mead. I mean, you can, but you can't sell it. So uh, we're looking to put up a building on that land um, so that I can actually put big fermenters in it and and make more mead and have a little drop-in tasting room. So I have to have my own... uh, I have to have my own bees. I have to have my own honey. Um, Percentages. I don't pay as much tax as as Chris does because my percentages are less. But I'm still working through those things with uh, Alberta Liquor and Gaming, right? There's a lot of rules. And because meaderies are new, sometimes they have to get back to me with responses (laughs) because they're not really sure. There's only five licensed meaderies in Alberta today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Chris, you know, looking back over the past couple of years, would you change anything? No, I wouldn't change a thing. It's been going so well. Um, we're stoked here. I don't know if you know, but we're releasing whiskey here on uh, Tuesday. That's what we're going to so get to. We're going to get to, yeah. So it's made me into a better distiller. I've just been getting better and better at everything, and I'm loving the way we're growing. How many bottles are is Hanson putting out a year now? Uh, a year? Yeah. We do in liter volume-wise. Oh, okay. So we work at about 5,000 liters of absolute alcohol per year. Okay. So about 15,000 bottles to 20,000 bottles a year is what th- we're doing. I think at one point, some people were looking at some of the, the, the Alberta distilleries and thinking, oh, the price is, you know, is, is a little high. It is. Um, I, I think that was adjusted recently as well uh, a bit. But, I mean, when you look at that, I mean, these are, you know, local guys that you're supporting. You can go and see right how it's made. That's what I love about it. Yeah, government, I'm uh, not going <laughs> to lie. 
Um, AGLC has given us a tax break by selling out the front door. So they've lowered the taxes a little bit. So I've dropped my prices a little bit according to that. But the taxes is the biggest thing. And, and you take a $35 bottle of whiskey or the bottle of anything and there's $20 in tax in it. Wow. So then you take your bottle and your label and the cost of making it. That's, that's how much tax there is on them. That much tax? That much tax. Whoa. I didn't realize it was that much. Yes. Okay. So that's a kick in the butt. That is. It it's is. It's a big yep. kick in the butt. Um, hmm. Wow, that's a pause for thought right there. Okay, we're going to take a break here. We're going to taste a little bit of mead during the commercial break. When we come back, I want to get into uh, Will's Mead, and I want to get into Hanson's Northern Eyes Whiskey right after this. I'm thrilled to have Chris Strusick, the co-owner and distiller at Hanson Distillery, along with Will Muncy from a High Water Honey and Mead, joining me in studio as we as we talk about this process of you know being distillers in this province. Chris has been doing it here for three years now. Will is just uh, is just branching out, so, and I, I I assume that everyone knew what mead was. Um, some people don't know what mead is. Jalen, they don't. I mean, mead uh, is. Perhaps the oldest alcoholic beverage known to man. Mm -hmm. There are records in China that show in clay pots it's been around for 7,000 years. But it has uh, waned. So meat is essentially honey, water, and yeast. Mm. It's fermented honey. Honey is a little uh, harder to ferment than sugar and grapes. Um, But it's honey, water, and yeast. And you let that ferment and it becomes an alcoholic beverage. Now... Our honey in Alberta is very mild, so it lends itself to the addition of berries, raspberries, Saskatoon berries, Hascat berries. So I would suggest to you that 60% of people don't know what mead is, and 90% of Albertans have never tried it. Yeah, unless yeah. you've been it's watching Game of Thro- Thrones or Vikings or something, you probably that's probably what they're drinking. Um, Chris, are, are, is, is your product in other provinces yet? No, it's hard to break out. Um, Alberta and the rest of Canada have some weird rules going on, so we're trying to get into BC or Saskatchewan, but yet they mark up more taxes on top of our bottles and turn a $35 bottle of booze into a $100 bottle oh of booze gosh. just by... There's $40 in tax just by going to Saskatchewan. Mm, frustrating. And you know what, Will, you were saying during the break as well. I mean, I mean, some people look at the prices of, you know, uh, a bottle and think, oh, they may be a little bit higher than, you know, a bottle of Smirnoff or, or whatever yep. it is. But it is local and it's made by local people and that money stays here. And I think you made a great point. It's, a, you know, you're supporting local businesses and, and building these communities. And, and that's huge. It is. I believe it is too. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have a huge event. The countdown is on. If you go to the website, Website. There is a countdown clock. There is on the Hanson Distillery website, and I remember uh, coming in to see you guys. And uh, I think it was my first or second tour in at the distillery, and you had just put this in the casks. Yes, and it is the Northern Eyes whiskey, and this is a first. Tell us about it. So, Northern Eyes whiskey is the very first single barrel. Um, not blended, not done anything else to it, no caramel flavor added, nothing else, straight out of the barrel, 100% rye whiskey to come out of Edmonton, Alberta. I'm the very first whiskey maker there is in Edmonton, Alberta, which is super, super cool. Very cool. So when people are thinking, okay, well, explain to me what that means, why, you know, you, you can, why, why is that special? Well, I look at big old Jack Daniels down in the <laughs> south there, and he had to be a first at one time yep. making Tennessee whiskey, so yep. hopefully that uh, we get to lead along the same lines and 
fall behind Jack. So this has been uh, sitting in that barrel, in these barrels for three years now. Yep, minimum requirement is three years by law, so it has to be mashed, distilled, fermented, and aged in oak casks for a minimum of three years. Um, we were a little different. We didn't use ex-bourbon barrels, which mm. is American whiskey. We used brand new oak, so we're getting our own flavors put on our whiskey. Uh, real smoky, ver- vanillas, caramels, a little bit of burnt uh, tobacco in there. Are you excited? Are you oh, nervous? Oh, am, am I ever excited? <laughs> This is wonderful. I can't wait to release it. So t- Tuesday at one o'clock at the distillery, and that's when we first start selling it to all of Alberta, all, all, of, all of Edmonton. And then uh, our next cast that come down the line will be going to all of Alberta. All of Alberta. Okay. And so are, are you keeping a couple back maybe to do five years or even 10 years? Yeah, or? we do have more than the three-year program. That's just our baby, our minimum. Um, so we have the three years, then we have a five, seven, 10. And then we also have a whiskey that's going to be 18-year-old. If you don't know that, I just had mm. a new son. And I barreled it the day that he was born. Yes. So when my son turns 18, we're going to have an 18-year-old whiskey pop oh, out. Oh, I just got the gooseies you talking about that. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Okay, so Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday at 1 is. o'clock. Uh, when's the last time you uh, took a little taste of it? This morning. <laughs> <laughs> and you're pleased? I'm very happy with it, yep. I wouldn't release it if I wasn't happy with yeah. it. So I'm really, really stoked. The, what's the difference between bourbon and whiskey? Bourbon has to be made in the States. Um, it has to be 51, 51%? 51% corn, yeah. and they have to use brand new barrels. Yeah. Canadian whiskey doesn't have as much any laws as, as that, so it's quite different. All right, well, congratulations, you, and absolute best of luck moving forward with this. I'm absolutely thrilled. It's been amazing to watch the growth of Hanson over the past number of years, and, and, you're, and you're a great community supporter as well. You give back to the community, and that is huge, and I thank you for that. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, Will. When it comes to your mead, what's next? What am I drinking right now? What am I sipping uh, right now, by well, the way? Well, that's called a Capsimel, and that's made with honey and hot peppers. And I call it uh, Zapiti in Japanese. You know my wife is yes. Japanese. Pity pity means spicy hot. Is it jalapeno? Uh, no, that one is a Serrano pepper, a Serrano, which I grew it. in the okay. greenhouse. What's next is we'll be building this summer, and hopefully it's not a v- very complicated building, but uh, hopefully to have uh, fermenters in there by Christmas or early uh, 2021, and um, a tap room there that you can drive out and taste these meads and buy lots of bottles and take them home. I'm excited for okay. you. Put on those headsets quickly. Put on those headsets quickly. See, uh, Steve is on the phone. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. Hello, how are you? Good. You had a quick question uh, for Will about mead? Yeah, you bet. Uh, when you crack a bottle of mead, Will, um, what's the shelf life of that? I, I have a bottle I bought in BC this summer, and I didn't quite get to it all, and it kind of has turned a little bit of a hue of red. I don't know if I spoiled it or not, and figured I'd prick your brain while you were here. Okay, well, the deal with mead is, and this is the convention. I'm going to tell you the conventional, and then I'm going to tell you what I think. Has it been refrigerated? Yep, the whole time. Oh, okay, so people say it's the same as wine. It maybe got 10 days shelf life. If it's been okay. refrigerated and you had a good cap on that, I think you get about three times that out of mead uh, without yep. it losing much flavor. But after six weeks, mm. you're going to start to see a downgrade in it. Steve, I'm thinking if you open that this summer, you might have to pour it down the sink. Yeah. It ain't going to kill you, so give it a try. <laughs> uh, I will for sure. And will we share some friends in Patrick and Nikki? So I figured I would say hi there. So oh, thank okay. You. Thank you very much. And you know what, Steve? Thanks for the call. And you can just go out to Righand Distillery and pick up a few more bottles. How about that? All right. Uh, Chris from Hanson, thank you so much. Will Muncie, you can check it out as well. High Water Honey and Mead. Pick it up at uh, at uh, at uh, Righand right now. Gentlemen, thank you for this. And I look forward to continued growth. Uh, For both of you, congratulations. Thanks, Jalen.
Thank you, Jalen.